Hello, everyone and their mama. This is your peach, a.k.a. Preston Tyrese Johnson. And you already know I'm here loud and live with you know who. Introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Tatiana Medina, and I am your friendly neighborhood lesbian Latina. Coming at you live today, we have a topic that is actually going to be fun this time. Yeah, because Tati definitely lied to y'all last episode. Listen, but... it wasn't all on purpose. I didn't mean to lie to anybody, okay? I really set out to have a nice, lighthearted discussion, but I'm passionate, okay? Lighthearted. I'm passionate about the issues, and it kind of took over. But I still think the episode is worth a listen. Hopefully, you guys do, too. But today is an actual fun episode. What are we talking about today, Preston? Today, you already know how we do it over here. We are nerds. So therefore, <laughs> we have to be discussing the new Batman movie that came out. And Absolutely. baby, let me tell you, when I tell you we was, I was taking notes up in there, and so was Sati. Like, yes. I want uh, y'all to know he was really sitting in the movie theater taking notes. We were literally sitting next to each other discussing the movie play by play as we watched it. Not play by play, <laughs> shot by shot, play by, rewind it. <laughs> Truly. I mean, that's why it's on HBO Max now. So you can really watch it frame by frame as that you go part. over it. And which is kind of crazy now because it's like, damn, I really, am I- I know we paid for it and now it's on HBO Max. <laughs> right, but now we look stupid. <laughs> that's how I feel a little bit too. I mean, not to get into a serious topic, but I feel like that's the thing with, movies being in both theaters and on streaming platforms. Right. It sometimes makes me feel like I kind of want to just wait. Right, just wait it out. However, there is a different experience between watching it on a TV in your living room and watching it at a movie theater. You that know, it's a bigger true. screen. It's surround sound. Be it's booming. also the ambiance, you know. Right. I personally am still a fan of going to the movie theater because, as you know, I'm a big movie buff. Um, but it does suck, I feel like, sometimes when you pay a lot of money to see something mm -hmm. and then you could have seen it free if you waited a couple days literally you just had the patience and that's why i'm always sitting here i'm just like well damn like <laughs> i'm glad i can have it now but like i feel like preston has only gone to the movie theater this year because of me quite literally quite literally <laughs> i would i would never go if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for you i would I would just, I just spring up on you like Preston. You want to go to the movies? Literally every Tuesday. Say, Preston, are you you're off today? Wow, great. So um, <laughs> there's a, a movie at this time that we're gonna go see. I know you can be dressed by it. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not my fault that you get noticed like 30 minutes before. I will say that Maya has been the one to be like, oh, we should ask Preston Maya, if he you, wants to come. Maya, if you listen to this, she is throwing you underneath the bus right now. You have been ran over, trampled, and stomped on by your own girlfriend. It be your own blood. It be your own blood. Mm, shameful, I say. Well, I will caveat before we get into the nitty gritty. We, you know, we're saying that this is gonna be a fun episode and it will be fun. However, we are gonna do an analysis on the movie and therefore talk about some things that we think could have been better. So we'll get a little bit serious because, you know, we'll talk about the difference between how certain characters were represented. But overall, it's just for fun, it's just for laughs, it's just our opinion. If you don't agree, that's fine, but you're wrong. <laughs> literally literally like you're you're gonna come into an argument with a virgo and an aries do That's you true. really you really want to do this like ba baby these facts uh, yeah because they are facts they're not even opinions <laughs> these facts are backed up by research <laughs> and i will say that we did both go to school for acting so we do know a little, little something, something. Right. You know, I know a little something, something, you know, better than the homegirl from down the street who just thought that he was cute in the costume, okay? <laughs> so let's get into these notes. I'm down. <laughs> so the first note I have is that penguin shot was amazing. That introduction to him. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that that's Colin Farrell is crazy. Right. That makeup was amazing. That truly looked like that was a real face. That part. Like, it, like I really enjoyed to see the scarring on his face, mm -hmm. especially because Penguin- The balding as well. Right. Penguin is that gangster type that a lot of people kind yeah. of forget about. And so to see that kind of brought out, especially after it's um, when Batman first goes into the club and he's beating everybody the fuck up. <laughs> right. And then he's just like, wait a second. And I, in the lingering shot on his face, even mm -hmm. after he stops talking, that lets us know that this is a, a main character. Right. That's and, like, this is an important person. Pay attention without right. you having to be told. Mm -hmm. 
I liked him as a character. Yeah, he was really good. This is yeah. the first time he I was actually one of the best characters. Honestly, damn near I will actually say like I want to say like top three or top four for me. I agree. I definitely feel like he's gonna step into more of a villain role in the second one because spoiler alert, they did confirm that a second one is gonna be coming out yeah. soon. I feel like we all knew that though. But I feel like the penguin we see in this movie is clearly like a villain in the sense that he's a criminal, but I wouldn't say that he is a super villain. So right. I wonder if maybe he'll transition more into that, especially with the events that happen at the end, which I will take <laughs> this time to say, this will probably be your only spoiler warning. You know, we are talking about the movie. That means that we're going to talk about the plot. So please be advised if you haven't seen it or if you care about what happens in the plot, now's your time to leave. In the nicest way possible, I'm ever going to say this. If you, I, I will, <laughs> I title this shit. So you clicked on this episode <laughs> knowing good and gosh damn well. I just well. want to make sure that people cannot at all say they didn't know we that were so about nice That is so nice of you. That is so nice of you. I mean, we do you. it. Every time. Every so I thought time. once, just once, I should give a real spoiler warning. You know what? Hold on. Who is this we? It be, you know, we're not No, I said I do oh, it every time. I'm going to run this shit back because I heard we. I don't know if it's just my verbal I don't see French. <laughs> 700 points and stop talking to me. <laughs> stop talking to me. The podcast doesn't compress it. It's literally all my audio. It's just all yours cut out. <laughs> I'm just answering your questions. <laughs> Imagine. It's just long spaces of silence. Literally. With that being said, our mm-hmm. next thing, um, I took this down, I think, literally as we saw um, Selena Kyle walk in mm-hmm. with just the white uh, crop top kind of thing. Yeah. So this was already a very interesting take on Selena Kyle. Definitely. Um, Definitely, yeah. Especially with her introduction shot, I think was a little... It wasn't as striking as Penguins. Right. And because of that, I almost wish that we kind of forgot she was there for the movie. Mm -hmm. In the sense of, I wish we didn't know that she was Catwoman at first. I agree with you. I mean, I feel like it's kind of hard to not know that she's Catwoman in the real world because obviously it was majorly publicized that Zoe Kravitz was going to be playing Catwoman. But from a story standpoint, I really would have liked if they had leaned into the stealthiness of her character and she had just been kind of like a fly on the wall listening in on the conversation. And maybe at the end of the conversation, we realize she's been there the whole time. Right. Like if they were to do like this thing where like in every scene she was in the background listening because we kind of see that in um, the, we kind of already see that whenever she's, you know, going in for Bruce and she has to contact and, you know, no one really suspects that she's um, someone Right. They're like, she's just a pretty girl. You know, nobody's expecting that she's Uh like on a mission and she's got like brains going on. Right. Another thing that I wrote down was the fight noises and the thuds in the movie were really like realistic mm-hmm. and I they were funny. Right. They were funny to me because I was like, oh my gosh, like this is actually like real like hurtful sounds. Yeah. Like, I honestly feel like Robert Pattinson's Batman is probably the most brutal Batman we've seen. Like I could definitely see he see really was fucking dudes up yeah and i really like visually it made sense to me and i read it as like real fight right i didn't read this as no fate shit like i read this as like he was punching some knock a bitch out you know like he was really showing the batman that i feel like we see in comics more so than we see in movies where it's Mm -hmm. like he is using his combat as a means to like neutralize this threat as soon as possible so right. that means i'm gonna knock your ass out and do what i gotta do like going to subdue you he is going right like because you know sometimes it's like man one punch takes you out oh no with those right thugs, but if it's like a haymaker punch and yeah this, and you know this dude's got like a metal Suit. thing on his hand like yeah right. that yeah. would knock you out bitch i'm sitting my ass up down <laughs> truly i don't know why more criminals didn't i no mean fun. i feel like in a way we didn't see any of the criminals in the movie like actively run away from him that he interacted with but i mean we did have that whole opening scene where they made it clear to us that like batman is someone that people are afraid of like you clearly saw that the criminals were afraid of him and they were like looking over their shoulder for him Mm -hmm. which 
I really liked. I liked that he was almost like a scary movie villain, like from the criminal's perspective. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually glad that you just said that because that also brings us to our next point, but also I, that's a point that I wrote down is that I love the contrast of dark and light mm-hmm. and the color scheme of it made him seem like I should be afraid of him too. But there's that one scene um, where he... Spray where like the dunes are like spray painting the like capital wall or whatever, mm-hmm. and the then, bank, yeah, the bank, and then the um, like the one guy's looking into the shadows because he doesn't know if Batman's somehow there, right? Especially with them seeing the symbol in the sky, yeah, you see them all kind of go on red alert, like, oh right. shit, am I the criminal he's gonna pop up on? Now? Right, isn't it coming for me? Like, <laughs> I love it. Um, also, very funny since we're on the topic. I think this is the first time I was. I even told Tati this in the movie theater. I think this is the first time I've ever seen Batman beat up somebody ethnic because <laughs> right. A lot of the times, especially in like Batman the animated series, or even in um yeah, the villains were kind of like what's brown. the future one? Uh, Batman Forever begins. or Batman Returns or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, the one that's set in the future where yeah. Terry is Batman. Um, the Joker henchmen are like vaguely brown. Yeah. So I guess that made sense. But you're right. Like, all his main villains are yeah. white people. Like, the actual name brand villains, except for Bane, basically. Are. Yeah, I, I think when I first... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Bane is really the only person of color we ever see him, like, actually right. fight. And in the movie, they made him a white dude, so... Yeah. And so it was kind of, like, a shock, because I was like, Batman beats up niggas? Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, damn, I've never seen Batman on, like... 125th Street. <laughs> like, I, never, I never saw it. I, I don't know. So, I, but I mean, it was definitely something where I was like, okay, this is like, it brought me more into the realism kind right. of that I'm like, okay, so he actually goes after like every criminal almost. Like, right. Instead of just like yeah. sticking to the Upper West Side or some shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, in a way, I feel like Batman only fighting white people like the creators of the various like movies and shows whatever only showing him fighting white people in itself is kind of like a weird form of racism because it's kind of like them forgetting that like brown people exist yeah you know what i mean i was like that's a weird thing where i was like okay i'm glad that like y'all aren't perpetuating the stereotype that like you know niggas are thugs but i was also like i mean Damn, can someone at least be a master criminal or something? Right, shit? Like, like there would be some brown criminals. It's just literally life, you know. Right, I'm like everybody does crime, but I'm like, goddamn, can you know? Do they all not get beat by Batman? Even Batman is afraid of a lawsuit. That's what I'm hearing. Another thing I said, I was like, haha, they both use motorcycles because I mean that's right. Because how can you be a badass and not ride a motorcycle? That part. Speaking Movie logic. Speaking of writing, um, I think one of the best <laughs> scenes, honestly, I think one of the best scenes in the whole entire film, um, just kind of down on some of the notes here, I think one of the best scenes ever was that car chase. Um, oh, hell yeah. That might have been one of the best car chases in a movie ever, to be honest. It's funny that you say that because that's literally what I wrote. Car chase might be the best in the movie actually ever <laughs> like that's i put comma actually that ever. shit made fast and furious look like cake that to part. be honest because not only was it like badass and epic but it was also kind of realistic looking right very realistic looking and again it it went back to that fear yeah. um because i think there's nothing worse than it i don't know i get chills even thinking about it when penguin <laughs> was driving and he thought he had him and yeah the Batmobile and then he just shows of, up anyway out of the fucking fire and flames which all those people are dead by the way yeah like, i will say the only thing about that car chase is you know hundreds of people died like, yeah yeah and we heard trailers nothing. was tipping like that part that was like a 60 car pile up at least. And yeah, a lot of people did not get home to their families that night, and which is so fucking sad. But for that. <laughs> I think when you watch a Batman movie or any superhero movie for that matter, but I feel like especially like a, a Batman, Superman, Avengers type movie where it's like a really big hero, mm-hmm. I feel like you just have to kind of suspend your reality right when it comes to like what the civilian casualties would be right because it would be in the thousands <laughs> right <laughs> um but yeah that car chase that whole car sequence was honestly one of the greatest things ever um right. now can i shout out one of my favorite scenes yeah that 
Spanish language joke is honestly the best. That was Maya's favorite part of the movie. Uh, which scene? When he's when Riddler says, "You are el oh, rata." Oh yes, yes. Yeah, rata, uh, where it's like the rat with wings and stuff, and Penguin is like el rata. It's la rata. None of you speak Spanish, fellas. <laughs> yeah, like that I, was the best. I love. Um, it's funny because my next line is like is that actually is mm -hmm. that whole entire scene and then penguin saying you got damn sons of bitches or uh that was also like, yeah then he a... waddles away like a penguin because his <clears throat> ankles are cuffed i'm like that shit is that was quality. again i think this is actually some of the best like for a batman movie i didn't have to fight to like want to be engaged i actually yeah. was naturally engaged i mean <laughs> as funny as it is to say this i feel like this is probably the most realistic mm -hmm. batman take we've seen because i mean we haven't even spoken about him which is crazy because he's the main villain but like the riddler felt mm. like like a regular schmegular terrorist that we would see in real life right. you know a, and a white supremacist right and, like, like he anybody. felt like the stuff that we've seen he felt right. like he could have been one of those dudes that stormed the capitol building that you know part. what i mean like um so it's actually fun that you also bring him up because I was going to actually circle back because I think another great moment, and again, this is what actually made me say a really good use of contrast and light, is the Riddler's um, introduction when we see him uh, zoom, you know, That scene the is guy. scary, too. Like, yeah. I feel like that scene was real life scary. But see, and that's why I also say, like, I wish almost that it went, it just kept being a horror movie because I think yeah. if we also would have put Catwoman in that light of we don't know who she is. Right. But everything she was, just, was a little bit scarier, a little bit more secretive. Right. Same darkness as the Riddler would have definitely kept things a little bit more hot and sexy. I agree. I wish she was a little bit scarier. Like I wish that she was presented as a bit more of a villain or at least if not villain, like a bit more of a threat, you know, because yeah. we know that Catwoman for the most part is an anti-hero and that, other than stealing from the rich, she isn't really one to do too bad of a yeah, crime. Yeah, she's not gonna blow know? up a fucking orphanage. Right, um, but she is still a threat. She is still dangerous. And I right. wish we would have seen her be more dangerous. Right. You know, which I know is something that you and I have spoken about at length. Literally, because I mean, one, this is Catwoman who is an icon, and True. two, this is a black woman playing Catwoman, which comes for the first time in a while. Right, since Eartha Kitt. And I mean, I would say Holly Berry, but it wasn't Selena Kyle. Yeah, but... she was a different iteration of Right, and still did her good fucking job. You say that movie's horrible, you can honestly kiss my ass about it. I think anyone who doesn't like the Holly Berry Catwoman movie is honestly just misogynistic and homophobic. Because truly. it really wasn't that fucking horrible. It wasn't. It really wasn't. It did what it could for its time period. And yeah. I think if they made it today, it probably would have been as good as the Harley Quinn movie. But right. people just hate it when female characters are at the center of comic book movies. And I will say that um, a lot of Zoe's fight choreography was really good. Um, yeah, she sold it better than I thought she would. Yeah, I really kind of went into this movie thinking, oh, okay, it's Zoe Kravitz. I don't really know how well she would fight. <laughs> Do like... you remember when we both looked at each other and was like, this bitch is acting. Like, oh, yeah. This... We both had a moment where we just looked at each other and we were like, she's actually doing a great acting yeah, performance surprising uh, not, not surprisingly but like but i mean like we were given the script and everything because some of the words like i go back and i listen to them like, yeah well fuck? i mean i think the worst line in the whole movie is when batman's like you got a lot of cats and she's like i'm taking a lot of she was everything for strays yeah and it's like, that scene i that was thought was bad i felt like that was probably the only actually cringy moment in the movie i could see it <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like dialogue-wise. Yeah, I'll, because there's a lot of other things where her character that I was trying to like, wow, why did y'all add this in? But I was like, okay, cool. Um, another thing um, to just kind of, you know, keep it on the scene. Uh, I really loved, just keep it on Zoe Kravitz. Cause, yeah, let me, give, let me give 
Good Sister Flowers. Um, that scene in the club, I know, is actually, to me, it seems like a when hard act. she's gathering scene. intel? Yeah, when she's gathering intel and Bruce is giving her the contacts. I think that scene in the hands of anybody else would have been played too much. I think she did just the right amount and the right amount of personality switches. Subtlety to it, for Right, sure. it was subtle. It was, you can tell when her motives changed. You can tell when she took mm-hmm. a deep breath. She, she knew how to play seductive and pissed off and Right, she like balanced the actual complexity of the emotions that would be going on. Like, right, yeah, like even though she's a badass, she's still got to be careful. You know, she's outnumbered. Right, she's outnumbered. She already knows what goes on in this room. She knows that she doesn't want to be back in this fucking room. So it's also we see her be uncomfortable. We see her be nervous. We see her be confident. We see how she plays around, and and it's also a game of cat and mouse because she is toying with them. Right, and I thought that was great. Um, the whips. Um, mm-hmm. being replaced with chains. I was actually trying to hear for that. I mean, they're similar. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I never would have thought to given her chain instead of the whips for her earlier version. Like maybe, because yeah. I mean, and then I was like, well, actually chains will be easier to swing around than whip because you really wouldn't know how to crack a whip or like yeah, how to maneuver that. And also a chain is chain. probably easier to get. Right, more accessible for her, which um, speaking of accessibility, um, this mask, I really want <sighs> that everyone- That mask is trash. That was the worst- That was the worst mask. part of her character. No, yeah, it literally. wasn't. Oh but... no, it, I mean, we could is top three one of the worst things ever yeah to that do to Zoe Kravitz. Was horrible that was man. a hate crime for real it was i was like a ski mask cut in half is the best she could come up with literally. i don't believe that if anything she would have if anything this is where the red goggles would have made sense if you're saying yeah. that she's cheap and right. that she doesn't have enough money then she would have had a pair of fucking goggles to just yeah. cover her eyes, especially because she's on a motorcycle. Like, it like make, riding goggles. That yeah. part, it would make sense for her for her to have riding goggles and still, like, maybe have, like, a nice sleek mask over it. But I was I like, agree. Just a, Even if she had worn, like, a plain-ass black mask that only covered her top of her face, like the stereotypical superhero yeah. mask, I would have liked that better. Yeah, a nice little domino mask. I was just like, what is this? I was like, y'all. Yeah. I was like, y'all, I get that you're trying to make it seem a certain way, but also Right. The- they wanted to do like the cat ear thing with the corners, but like But but again, you're making Catwoman too much of a cat. She's not Catwoman because she's a cat. She's Catwoman because she's a cat burglar. Right. Like, yeah. I think people forget that. Like, yes, she does have like a cat motif. But it's really only in the claws and the fact that she's, like, sexy and, like, right. light on her feet. But, again, that lends itself to being a cat burglar. That part. Um, shout out to motherfucking Jim Gordon. I think this is actually my favorite iteration of Jim Gordon ever. Is it because ever. he's black? It's not only because he's <laughs> You're black. You're, like, not only because of black. But it is a good... 70% of it. I will definitely <laughs> say that. I think this is the best, one of the best No, written. he was a good version of Jim Gordon. I liked Honestly, him a lot. I think, um, especially because that might mean we get a black Batgirl. Um, that, yeah, I was like, it. is Batgirl going to be black? Um, That'd be cool. But also, I think the scene where he, uh, where Bruce, like, is not unconscious and they're trying to yeah, remove his mask. Yeah, in the interrogation room. I think all of that was so smart. And it was. Jim is really, like, the... Um, I think remember in Harley Quinn, like the mm-hmm. uh, the cop, how they always refer to her as being like a '90s or early '80s spinoff. Like yeah. she watched too many cop movies. Yeah, he was. I feel like that was his counterpart. Is that <laughs> he also felt like something out of a '90s cop movie? I agree with you. And it was like you're too on the edge. Are you like yeah, yeah. I'm throwing you off the case? Like it yeah. was. It was just something about that in the writing that I was like, damn. And the way he sold it, it wasn't too over the top it was really grounded and because he wasn't corrupt and he right was which really... is a huge part of gordon's character is that, that he's part. the he's supposed to be like the last good cop left in gotham right he's fighting for his city he, he, i honestly feel city. like it makes sense for the last good cop to be a black man yeah you know what i mean because, because, because justice and right who knows who doesn't get the who doesn't receive the benefits of a lot of justice is Right, black like man. who would be motivated to be a good cop? A black person, you right. know what I mean? Like exactly, it makes all the sense. Um, I was kind of over the uh, Ave Maria song; it it kept playing <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that was supposed to be kind of like Riddler's theme song. I didn't really like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt like the connection was kind of flimsy because 
they kind of set it up that that song meant something to him because of them performing it when like the orphanage performing it when he was a kid and he lived in the orphanage and whatnot but i'm like i don't know i didn't really I like it. Here for it i appreciated so much of the sound design in this movie and i felt like everyone Great else's theme song design. was so good that the ave maria kind of felt like out of place yeah it kind of felt like heavy-handed to me in a way yeah. like i wish the riddler also had a theme that was lyricless and was just music oh because yes. they had a specific score for batman obviously they had a specific score for catwoman i think if it was something that was like almost played on a loop or you know um y'all already know this like the beethoven song that's like and then it goes into this whole tangent i yeah. think it would have been perfect it'd for be cool if it was like not even music at all or something like if it was like static or something uh, like yes. chaotic right that like you know music was playing and then all of a sudden this like chaotic discordant sound happened that was like jarring or even like bruce's theme played backwards i think would have been nice That'd be because cool. i like when they do that a lot right it would have showed the parallel between them exactly because and there is a parallel against absolutely yeah they're supposed to be the same they're all three kind of the same person they're three kids who grew up without parents and turned out in different ways you know right bruce is the representative of what happens when you have privilege and you right you know grow up without parents the riddler is obviously like poor and right like nobody cared about him and forgotten you know and selena is kind of someone who grew up close to the person that should have raised her but right. wasn't raised by him and again, I think just kind of having that, I'm like, that was actually a really good parallel already in and of mm -hmm. itself. And I kind of, and again, that's why I kind of wish that Catwoman and Riddler were a little bit darker in the sense of like not shown as much and had like just a different overall take to them, just a little bit, like a little bit more mystery, a lot more mystery, <laughs> because I think we really could have had some nice plays with them. Um, one more before we go on break. I think just a quick one is oh the wigs. Um, I love that she just kept switching her wigs. Yeah. Um, another one is again her kits were very nice. Yeah, um, the kits are good. She sold those. I like the wigs as well because I felt like that was a subtle way of showing that like she's a master of disguise well yeah master of disguise and like yeah people don't know what she actually looks like right which again is why i'm like her in secrecy would have been such fierceness 100 so fierce when we come back from our break i want to dive a little bit into the scene where bruce sees her where bruce follows her home i think we should kind of talk about that and why that's a little creepy and why we need to kind of get away from that trope almost definitely so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break. Alrighty, and we are back from our break. Had to order a little something to eat. You already know how we do it around here. <laughs> Big bad foodies already know it. Um, but one of the topics that um to kind of lead us back into it. Mm. This part of it is if you thought we were critiquing in the first part. Oh baby, oh, we're yeah. we're doing a little doing a little ham. Easy. We gave some like. We gave it its we props. We gave it some props, yeah. Yeah, we gave it its props. And overall, we... it is a good movie. Right. But it's not a perfect movie. And that's why we need to talk about we... Catwoman. Yeah, tear it to fucking shreds. Um, <laughs> like how she would. Um, sure. Again, I think Zoe Kravitz did really good for the script that was given to I her. Um, I think it really paid homage to Eartha Kitt. Um, and I'll even say a little bit of Michelle Pfeiffer. And yeah. the way that she acted, um, some of the things where, you know, it was still sleek and sexy, but like right. some of the fight scenes, I think like where some of the like, I mean, they damn near looked like Michelle Pfeiffer would have been doing some. Shit yeah, like I agree. Like it, ne it wasn't necessarily too over the top, but it was like those kits, those flip, like all those flips yeah. and shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah she did really good. Also, love that she was like this scramble fighter. Um, Right, which makes sense. If you're from the streets, you're going to be a little scrappy. Right, you know? she was very It's scrappy. not like she's trained like Bruce is. Right. I don't get the sense that she's a martial artist. I do get the sense she's that this fighter. bitch. Yeah, and again, the contrast between a man using his fist and a woman using her legs is always like... To, yeah, to me, I love it. Um, it's it also strategically makes sense, which I right. like. That part, because your legs are 
you are trying to be if not your arms, maybe use your legs. I right. And also women so have a like a is it a lower center of gravity than men do? Yeah. And Usually that's because why like you're just chicken. a little bit shorter. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, yeah. Makes but sense. it helps again, helps out in the fight. And I think that um again, her fight choreography was really good. I just wish that Except the, for one part, and I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, it went at the end where she gets like Yeah, hit. when Falcone is or choking her. I felt like all the like badassery that we'd seen from her completely goes out the window. Yeah, which is really kind of stupid to me because, and me and you both said this was one of our favorite parts was when she claws his face. Right, but it could have been more vicious, especially considering this How, man is trying to choke her to death right. and has already murdered her mother this same right. way. Right, I need to see his face eviscerated, 100%. like bleeding, leaking. I would, and honestly, I think it would have been. I would have loved to see her scratch out his throat or something. Yeah. Like that. Honestly, and, and again, like, this is already a movie where it talks about, like, drowning the drowning people. And, yeah, like, mean, there's literally a mass shooting. Right. Her her best friend is dismembered in a body. Like, yeah. Right. So, she finds a best friend in a bag. Yeah, right? in a body bag. Best friend. So, right. Which is. But so I really think um talk about barrier gays, all right. Mm-hmm. But um so I really think that they could have did a little bit better job of um her fighting style and just really being as brutal because I mean Catwoman when we think about it, if those punches are brutal by Bruce, I think her claws 100%. need to be just as fucking uh terrible. You know, you do not want to get scratched by this woman. I feel like I feel like the Selena Kyle that we get in this movie kind of jumped straight to the Selena that she becomes through the course of being with Bruce in like comics and uh, you know the cartoon movies and things like that. And I didn't like that mm-hmm. because I feel like at the beginning we always see Selena and she's like a real life villain, you know. Right. Like, <clears throat> of course she has her lines that she won't cross, but she's not a hero when she first comes onto the scene. You yeah, know what no. I mean? And, like, she does kill. She does steal. She does hurt people who deserve it is really usually what we see from her. And I hated that she was kind of already on this, like, same moral high ground as Bruce. Yeah. Like, I wanted her to kill that cop. Like, I wish she would have killed that cop that killed her friend. I wish she would have, like, slit her dad's throat. You know what I mean? Like, Especially because I think if we go back to the Batman animated series, there's this one scene where, um, and I I just love it so much, where in the animated series, Catwoman is about to dunk this guy into a pit of acid. And and Batgirl is like, hey, no killing. And then she turns to Batgirl and says, grow up and then like drops him into the acid but i think uh the batgirl saves him or whatever right but she but just saying that line of like grow up like it already shows that she, selena is in it for herself and she believes in an eye for an eye bitch fair is fair if i say it's fucking fair Fuck yeah all that other shit. and also if you're a bad person and you hurt people then you're asking to be hurt yourself i feel like it's kind of the code she lives by i feel like we always see catwoman kind of being a defender of like women and children right but when it comes to men or even bitches i'll say because right. when it's when it's the one who gets on her fucking nerves oh, right she when it's will... a woman who does bad things as well or yeah. things that she doesn't like yeah it's over for you my good sister it is right. over for you um but yeah just like just like you said i think uh the writing with this character definitely i don't think the writers really knew if they wanted to make her a black cat woman or just a cat woman who happened to be black yeah because there was this one and i wrote it in the notes as you know i wrote it not them trying to make zoe kravitz urban, urban. yeah <laughs> because in the line uh you know whenever she's being at the cop and she's like oh they're just a bunch of white people they're just who cares they're just right she basically people. calls them privileged she's their privileged white men yeah and but what kills me sorry not to interrupt you but what kills me about that is she says that to a batman who's just another privileged white man literally i'm like she has no reason to believe that bruce is not also a privileged white man right because even though she doesn't know he's bruce wayne he's still a white dude exactly and a white dude is a privileged white dude whether they have money or not she just doesn't know how privileged of a white dude he is right and i think definitely we had never seen Selena um, necessarily be of the culture. Um, I didn't, <laughs> right. 
other than wigs, uh, which every or nails, yeah, other than wigs and nail and the long nails, which even weren't ordained with jewels that I've you know and bedazzled that we know nails to be, especially right. now, it didn't really seem like she had a reason to say that line as if like white men ever really wrong wronged her. Like, I'm sure working at the club, she's seen a bunch of rich well, white men. I feel like. I agree with you that the line was still like unfounded in what they showed us, but I feel like maybe what they were going for is the fact that like her dad is a privileged white man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like that is stemming from like the situation with her dad. But, but even then, again, it hasn't been touched on enough for right. it to be, because I mean, I think especially in this movie, it could kind of be, at least for me, I kind of went into it and I was like, okay, well, the race of everybody doesn't necessarily matter. It only matters because we see that it matters. Right. But when she says that line, it now becomes a race thing. And it's an added layer into the movie. Yeah, now. that they didn't explore anywhere else. Like, there was no exploration of the significance of a dark-skinned Black woman running for mayor against right. a white man who was, like, a legacy politician. Exactly. You know, they, like, hinging off of what you said, like, there was no race politics there, which there absolutely would be if we were living in a world where race exists, like, our world. Right. So, I agree. Like, I... Like, you can't have Catwoman as a biracial person right. commenting on how black people are treated treated right when you it's okay it's, it's t- t- cat after time yeah <laughs> but not have a black politician comment, comment on it right and it just seemed like the whole entire time uh race was never really a major play into it which right like it wasn't a thing for jimmy either like right which it definitely would be exactly because he like, was like Literally, I think the only black cop that we saw on screen for a majority of the film. Yeah. We really didn't see any other but black But I feel officers. like maybe that goes back to what we were saying about, like, maybe the only cop that you can trust is a black cop, you know? Right. It, ironically, in this, in this world, yeah. because it's like, you know, he is literally the only one that is not corrupt. Yeah, And it's true. like... I, I... You know, something that you and I spoke about, kind of, again, speaking about whether race or not was actually a thing in this world of this movie. Mm -hmm. Something that they do kind of touch on is the second person to be killed by the Riddler is uh, Gordon's boss, basically. And he makes a comment in the beginning of the movie of how they used to be partners. Mm -hmm. So it kind of made me think similarly to the police officer in the Harley Quinn movie, Renee Montoya, where it's like, this person that used to be your partner is now your boss. Is there a reason why they were promoted and not Instead you? of you. And in that movie, you know, it's that he's a dude. And he right. gets promoted over her because he's a dude. And then in this movie, they don't say it, but I'm like, is it because he was white that right. he became his boss? Or did y'all even think that? Right. And again, it's you know, many nuances, I think, in this film that missed the mark, and it would have been great if we would have been able to explore it. But also, what could we expect from, as you said, an old white man? Right. You know, someone who, you know, doesn't necessarily think more than two cents about it, or I would say doesn't have enough experience with it, to put it a little bit polite for him. But, um... (laughs) Another topic, speaking of, uh, a lot of stuff is actually going to be sitting around Catwoman in this, just because I think... I think that was both of our biggest critiques, honestly, Yeah, the way her character was written, um, in comparison to all the to other To everybody characters. else. I think, really, what took up the romance between her and Bruce... Yeah, that was, was the worst part of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, it literally is, like, other than Selena's mask and <laughs> some of the <laughs> racial undertones that weren't really undertones, but right, they that were there, but undertones. Not there. Right, I think was the romance between Batman and Catwoman. And this is where I really say, um, if you take your time with something, it is better that you took your time with it than for you to rush it. Cause I would have loved if this was, you know, either we have Selena in the movie a lot Mm -hmm. or only a little bit or only a little bit. And 
that way with you. But still, if she's in it a little bit, have her do all these cool ass fucking scenes. Yeah. And if she's in it a lot, then we get to see her do all these cool ass scenes. But we also get to see the human side of her character, why right. she does this. Especially if you're already going to make a second movie to it. Yeah. Then it's like, you already knew that you had this on your mind. Why don't you just wait out to the romance? Because that's that makes good a good second film is something that explores the character's humanity. Agreed. I wish that she didn't leave and that we didn't know. I mean, like, obviously we as the audience are going to know stuff. But something that's my biggest gripe that we both agreed upon is I hate the fact that he knew that she was Selena Kyle from literally the beginning of the movie. Like, yeah, that because... made no sense to me. Like, that completely takes away their entire dynamic right, of um, knowing who she is from the beginning. And to talk about the way he found out who she is. Creepy as hell. It's creepy, yeah. Like, this is a trope that has existed in movies forever. And I'm going to call it for what it is. It's misogynistic. This trope of a man who's supposed to be the good guy. Right. Following a woman against her permission watching her in her own habitat against her permission without her permission watching her strip down and clearly like viewing her as a sexual object without her consent again right and then using that as a reason to develop an attraction for her when she doesn't even know who you are like in real life you deserve to go to jail if you do something like that that's jail that is not heroic behavior so right i felt like that whole scene needed to be thrown away because that shit is not okay it, it it literally shouldn't have been in the movie because again i think if i think would have been a stronger scene mm-hmm. and just better to the relationship is literally every time that bruce has taught her is he doesn't know who she is right. he doesn't know where the fuck this bitch came from so you know he goes back cool. to the house Oh well, Sorry. no, no, no I'm saying, I was gonna say when she goes back. So when he goes back to the house, mm-hmm. is she's already there? Let's say we follow Catwoman instead, right? Like from the second that they leave the club, the camera pans to Catwoman, and we mm-hmm. see her at the you know house, and then we see Bruce come in, and all he sees is this black figure again. I mean, her outfit, not, right? Not, <laughs> right. You know, all he sees is this uh, shadowy figure. This shadowy figure. <laughs> all he sees is this light skinned Lisa Bonet. <laughs> All he sees is this black woman. <laughs> okay, I'm done. All he sees is this shadowy figure. And mm-hmm. again, it goes back into that this is almost a horror movie for right. Bruce. Because right. I mean, he doesn't know who any of these people are. Right, he doesn't know who these people are. And again, I think that adds to the humanity of the movie. It's the fact that this shit can be scary. If you're and going absolutely back, would be in real life. Right. He's going back to the scene of crime, expecting no one else to be here, but he's seen that he sees that the safe is open, missing documents are there. Oh yeah. And he sees He that, probably would have thought the Riddler did that. Exactly. And now he sees this shadowy figure who he's never laid eyes on before. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think there is a thin line between love and pain in a certain sense. Um mm-hmm. not necessarily like emotional pain, but I'm like, you know. I think on the other side of that pain is fear. I think a lot of times fear yeah. can be a tactic in love and in sex. And I think as much yeah. as he would be afraid of her, it's the same way he's like, mommy, I mean, sorry. Right, he's sorry. intrigued. Mommy, He sorry. would be intrigued. Mommy, yeah, I get what you're sorry. saying. Sorry. Uh, master. That, <laughs> something that I would have thought would have been cool is, I think we could have had that scene be almost exactly the same in the beginning where he's following her from the club and instead she knows he's there and loses him and he can't follow her to her apartment because she loses the tail because she knows he's following her. Right. Because I think this is a street smart woman. I think she knows when a man is behind her. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like she absolutely would have dodged him and that still would have given kind of the same reason for him to be intrigued by her and like want to find her again you know right i hated that he was able to beat her every single time they kind of competed against each other right i wish it was more one-to-one i'm not saying that he couldn't have bested her sometimes because you know that happens but But i would like if she bested him too because in every iteration catwoman like yeah, and, she challenges him. Right. That's why he likes her. Exactly, because again, it's that fear. It's that like, it's right. like, damn it, have I met my equal? And she herself is also like, have I it. met my equal? Right. Yeah. Have I met a man who can actually who actually right, isn't toe to toe with me? Right. He's actually 
not stupid enough to fall for my titties just being out a little bit. <laughs> right. Like you actually think with your brain instead of your penis. That's what which is interesting though because I feel like Catwoman does make him stupid, and that's also why he hates her as much as he loves her because he's like she brings out the most basic of like human aspects of him. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that's um, that actually led me to a point is that I love that they, I love and I hate that they made him um, this tween-ish, like, like this man who obviously kind of doesn't have social skills. Um, yeah. Because I think this is the first time that, for like a better word, that Bruce's dick is getting hard. And right. he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know what to do with his boner. He's like, this, I, I'll know is this cat lady is making me horny. How do I, right. you know? Yeah, she I want to feel things. Right. He wants to go out there and fight her again, just so that he can feel something. He wants to feel a little bit challenged. He's like, this rage. is the first time I haven't felt grief. Exactly. That I felt something other than Not grief. grief. Oh my God. <laughs> you are a horrible Speaking of grief, though, not to go back on the props side. But something I do want to say is I really appreciate that this was the first Batman movie that didn't show us Bruce's parents getting killed. Because, yeah. bitch, we've all seen that. And we all know what happens. I, I think that's something that you say for probably the second or the third movie, like in the traumatic experience. Type Even shit. if we never see it in this trilogy, I'm I'd be good. fine. Yeah. Like, I liked them revealing information about his parents that we never, we've even never heard of. of before. Yeah, like... I believe this is probably, I think this is the first time we've ever seen them make his mom a part of the Arkham family. Yeah. Which I feel like adds such a layer to things. Like, if you know about Batman, you know about Batman lore, to think, like, his, his parents really are the reason why all of these villains exist. exist. Like, you know, and him being Batman is, is perpetuating their legacy in like a completely opposite way, way than what he thought, you know? Also, I think it was such a smart nod to, um, and I don't know if they did it, but I mean, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them credit and I'll give myself credit for pointing it out and making <laughs> parallel is that, you know, his mom having, a. Of issues mentally, yeah, it kind of goes into the um other universe um uh, where she becomes the Joker, yeah. uh, because and his dad becomes Batman, yeah. And um, I was like, that's actually a really good nod and actually a really great direction if we've already set it up that she has issues with this, yeah. And then you know, her parents also, you know, her also kind of being an orphan and like right. all these other things, um, yeah. It, it really opened up such a new can of worms because I loved it because I was like, damn, I never had this many questions about his parents. Right. And, and also what that means for him. Right. And Alfred, who honestly, I, I'm sorry to say this, is honestly, damn, I never thought Alfred could be somewhat sexy. Why did I know um, you were going to say that? You know me so well. The cow cleaner. <laughs> Understood. Um, also, his scene where... um. He doesn't answer the phone. It's funny because I have, damn, Alfred can't answer phones now. And then, <laughs> like, seeing what happens in the explosion, I'm like, never mind. <laughs> I think that was I a like really, the way they did that, though. That was layered when so good. He was like, oh, something terrible is going to happen. And she's like, it already did. It I already was like, did. oh, shit. The way my heart dropped. To I my, knew he wasn't going to be dead. Because he's just such an important character. I don't put it past any writers that are looking for I didn't for think sympathy. he'd be dead this movie. You know, like, I didn't you, think he'd not be dead in the first movie. Spoiler warning in case this happens in any of the second or third ones. <laughs> I mean, if that happens, that just means I'm a writer, okay? Um, <laughs> I could see them killing Alfred in, like, a second movie or a third movie, but I don't think they would the first movie, especially because this Batman is so early in his journey as Batman. Yeah. And yeah. Alfred is such a crucial part of his Batman journey that mm -hmm. I don't think it would make sense. Right. I think maybe if you introduce some of the other people that are a part of Bruce's life, then you could maybe kill off Alfred. Right. But have we ever seen an incarnation of Batman where Alfred is dead? Where Alfred gets killed while he's Batman? Um, well, there are a few, uh, uh, there are a couple comments I know, like in Injustice, he does die. And there's another one where Bane comes in and uh, actually kills him. Yeah, very disrespectful. Um, so yeah, there, there are a few times where Alfred does die. Um, but that's another reason why I kind of thought they were going to do it this round. But like you said, it is way too early for them to do that. Like he doesn't even know Lucius yet. 
they right. don't even show us like a Lucius, or maybe he if does. He, if he ever meets Lucius, because sometimes does. they never yeah. mention Lucius. I like Lucius though. I like Lucius as a character. Mm-hmm. That would just be another black character for them to add, which is always a plus. Which I mean, hey, let, let's do it. I'm I'm here for. I it. mean, Lucius's son actually becomes one of. Uh, the Robins? Yeah. Well, he's not a Robin. I think he's called like the Blue Bat or something. Mm-hmm. Or the Blue Bird. He's something. Yeah. So that nigga cool. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he joins the team though. Right. Um, it's for the last few minutes. I we're gonna get into some of the like a little bit of the heavier, which is uh, I, it makes my skin crawl just even thinking about it. <laughs> the Riddler was such a good oh yeah villain. That was the scariest villain I've ever seen in anything Batman related. Truly, that man was scarier than the Joker. Honestly, and if that's how he looks, I'm real scared to see what the Joker looks like in yeah, the second movie. Because definitely, like the so the hard part to watch and why I personally think that this film. Really really should have been about race is because yeah, we now gave major uh, alt-right vibes yeah major white supremacists especially the dark web chats like yeah. that shit was terrible oh, well, look at how everybody who was like campaigning for his message and who showed up at the shooting at the end was white like we didn't right. see any people of color being down for his message right and it's that thing of like um, when he, when him and Batman are talking, and I think first of all, I think the scene should have been shot just a little bit different. I do think it was a good scene and a good thought, but I think it should have been shot just a little bit different. But I think the best part of it was when Riddler's like, you know, because we're we're just the light, we're the same, and Batman's like, he's no. like horrified, right? He's like, how dare? Why the fuck would you think that? Which I and, feel like a lot of like white people who aren't racist feel that way whenever racist white people are like oh we're yeah. together and they're yeah. like no no bitch no, no, no. no we are not the same i have a black wife she, her name is selena kyle like <laughs> <laughs> and mila riddler's like no 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 see the writers didn't give her enough information <laughs> okay enough of the bits. but no definitely like um that scene was really you know i think the f- mm-hmm. one thing that I love about Batman is that there's always the thing of Batman creates his own villains. Yeah, and I think this was definitely one of those times where it was actually you could say you could see that, and yeah. I think right, oh, like I it was literally his parents' fault. Right, and going back to the opening scene where um you know he fights you know the the uh thugs. the clown posse yeah the <laughs> the clown posse. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, you know, I'm pretty sure the Riddler heard about that and then goes off into this tangent. It's like, you know, yeah. Um, and I don't like know. we're cleaning up the city together. Right. And I don't, exactly. And I don't know if it was that he knows that he's Bruce Wayne. I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that scene was meant to be a misdirect. Yeah. I mean, that part really did, like, fuck me up in the head, though, when it happened, because I was like, oh, shit, he knows. Right. And he's Bruce, and he's, like, saying his name, and you see Batman, like, fuck. Right. And And then he doesn't know. Yeah, which is funny, because the later line where he says, you're not as smart as I thought you were, to Batman, it's actually played. It's like, well, neither are you. Right, it's played both ways, because, would you, idiot? Right, you tried to kill Bruce Wayne, but you love Batman, and here they're the same person. Exactly. Um, but I think even that was just really such a good um, scene in the movie where Bruce realizes I have created some a monster. Yeah, yeah, I've created my own fucking villains. And when Riddler is like, "Oh, you're not as smart as I thought you were," because you missed a lot of clues, right? Because you were on this whole tangent about vengeance, and um, right. I think when Bruce falls into the water mm-hmm. after cutting the electrical cord, which. You know, that's already a symbolism of baptism. and Right. It's definitely, I feel like, supposed to be a rebirth because... His motives change after Yeah, he becomes a different kind of hero, hero. after that. Right. Um, I think that whole scene, especially after he just got done pounding in that motherfucker's face. <laughs> right. After it being when he takes high, the venom. Yeah, being high on venom. I was like, yeah, this is actually... Um, it's almost like a reverse reverse in the Lazarus pit where like, you know, sometimes people mm-hmm. go crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm like, wow, this is a baptism. And yeah. you know, if this muffet already beat somebody's ass. So Well, speaking of him creating his own monsters, I mean, I feel like that part was so chilling where they asked the dude that Bruce just beat to shit, 
who he is and he says i'm, I'm vengeance, vengeance because that's always been batman's thing and someone did i did watch one video and i agreed with him was that this isn't necessarily a batman movie but it's a vengeance movie yeah it's where, about whether or not you're gonna let revenge corrupt you oh yeah like. um the dad was like um vengeance is the hero but it it, it isn't until he becomes baptized that he is actually batman Right. It's not until he has washed away all of that hatred mm -hmm. and the sins of his father. Right, exactly. And and that's why I would say, like, I do think this movie was very clever with a lot of the biblical um, kind of scenes and references. I, uh, I just kind of wish that a lot of the background characters got a little bit more time. Um, we need Catwoman. Yeah, I literally do mean Catwoman because even Jim Gordon was pretty fleshed out yeah, for what I wanted. He was. Um, Penguin did great. Um, Falcone, wow, I would have never actually cared for Falcone, but they, yeah, I feel like Falcone and Maroni are sometimes important, sometimes not, not but important. they're always just supposed to serve as this like general stereotype of like organized crime and the mob, you know? Right. Um, another horror movie reference, um, because there are a lot of horror movie references in this oh, one. Oh, for sure. But one where I caught it immediately is when the uh, the dude that Catwoman was talking to and getting information from, when he gets into the car and the windows are already fogged up, I instantly, I already knew the second he got in the car, I was like, really, it's going to be in there. And yeah. it's a Halloween reference. Right. Um, which again, uh, the use of shadows. When he slits the girl's throat and like leaves her on the steering wheel, right, and like the horn is blowing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like, like has choked this bitch all the way the fuck out. Like that whole entire scene. That's um, what I was thinking about too. Is he definitely gave off like masked villain of a scary movie vibe for sure. Right, and again, that's why why I kind of wish that Catwoman was kind of built in the same light. But again, I'll digress. I what do you give the movie, Tati? Well, I will say, I know this is controversial, but I do agree with the people saying that this is the best live action Batman movie we've had so far. Oh, I do most feel of. like that's true, honestly. Really, the only weak point to me was the writing surrounding Catwoman. So mm -hmm. I want to say I'll give it like an 8, 8.5, honestly. 8, I think 8. it definitely would have been like a 9.5 if Catwoman was as strong of a character as all the others. Yeah. Um, I'll actually back you up on that. I'll also give it, um, I'm going to give it an 8. Um, I will give it a 0.5 only for the sake of Catwoman's fight choreography and... Mm -hmm. Uh, also, just Zoe Kravitz really doing the doing the damn thing in this role. Really doing the damn thing. She really did, though. Like, there were so many scenes where I was like, she's giving an acting performance. Right. Like, this is a real-life acting performance. And I mean, her and Robert Patterson, I, 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 I won't say I necessarily felt the chemistry, but I will I mean, say she's his type. He loves light-skinned Black women if you look in his dating history. That is true. That is true. So maybe, hey, maybe that's why I felt natural. But I think the chemistry was natural, but the relationship, the relationship, felt yeah, forced. it is, yeah. If it was like the like the early budding beginning, I would have totally believed it. Yeah. But for them to like full blown kiss and like full blown damn near act like they were like in love, like right. that, I didn't buy at all. Especially because like. um going back to Michelle Pfeiffer's the first scene where you know we kind of see Batman and Catwoman <laughs> is she flirts with him because she's looking for weak points in his armor right which I again I think is just every tactic it's literally and that's you know Zoe Zoe's portrayal again bitch did good with everything that she got bravo yeah Ms. but Rabbit. she was I feel like more genuine than we see Catwoman be usually right like, she was like never gaming the system which I feel like doesn't fully make sense for Catwoman as the character that we've come to know exactly she is always five steps ahead of everybody right everything's a trick everything's a game right and especially because I think um you know where Harley Quinn makes it up on the spot we, yeah, Catwoman has, has yeah, Catwoman has already planned this shit out five different ways, three different times. She's uh, a con woman, in literally. my opinion. She is, and I think I would have loved to see that even more because I think we're I think Zoe still is one of the best Catwomans we've ever seen. But I know that with the right time and the right patience to write up to write her a good script, she can deliver. I uh, agree. 
I have so much faith. In I her. hope that she's not missing from the second movie. Like, I know that obviously Catwoman leaves, but I would love it if she came back for whatever reason in the second movie. And like, we did get to see her develop more. I would like yeah. to see them kind of do a little damage control on her character. Mm -hmm. I want her character to have the same four minute scene of her just whooping ass that Harley Quinn had. Because I think, that was awesome. I think the fact yeah. that we didn't get that in this movie really is like- Yeah, the movie was three hours long. You couldn't spare some time for Catwoman to fight. Like Literally. Um, and for everybody who's saying that like, well, the one criticism I have for a lot of people who watch it is like, this is a Batman movie. We don't have to but see. It's not. I'm like, Batman is nobody. A hero is nobody without their villains to fight. 100%. Or especially Batman. He has the part. most colorful villains in pretty much all of comics, I'd Literally. say. Especially because, again, this movie proves that a lot of his villains, he's made. Right. And they I think, have a very intricate right. situation going on. And again, I would love to see more of Zoe's portrayal of this villain version of Catwoman. I agree. A um, darker, edgier version. Right. And again, upgrade my bitch's mask. Get her those damn goggles. Stop playing with me, bitch. I mean, I feel like if they wanted to make her darker, it would be super easy. Be easy fix. You could use the fact that her friend died to like push her over the edge. Right. Like maybe she was like, I'm playing with y'all, but now I'm not playing with y'all no more. You know that what I mean? part, especially because that in and of itself was again, I have questions for the writers because if she's not gay or why was she calling her, yeah, her baby? I don't, you know, I a lot of my friends don't get called baby unless we have some sort of romantic history. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've never called anyone baby except for my girlfriend, exactly, and anyone I've ever dated, you know, that part. And if they are dating, then why was she easy to move on from this girl yeah, and kiss Bruce? You know, I, I don't know. Again, there are just many flaws with that character in particular, but everybody else that was a man some way, somehow got written better. Yeah, um, I wonder why. Hmm. Y'all let us know in the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, honestly, I think the movie was still pretty good. Um, it was. I'm proud of it for what it is. Robert Patterson, yeah. you definitely did I the knew he thing. was going to kill it. I did not. I had no faith in you. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> well, uh, after the actor, just because from I've seen Twilight, that's really all I've seen. That doesn't count, though. That's why yeah. I think he would kill it. Yeah, the I've seen like, people... like his other stuff. That's when I was like, okay, yes, I do have faith in him. Right. I was going to say, the only people that doubted him are people who've only seen him in Twilight. Me. Which is, I feel like, not a fair judgment because, one, he was young. Dude was right. in his, like, early 20s when he made Twilight. Right. Two, Twilight's trash. Like, and that's me being a Twilight fan. A diehard fan. fan. That's me absolutely loving Twilight. Twilight is trash. No one was good in that movie because the writing is not good. But you, <laughs> like, but you know what I, uh, really turned me around with it is one when I saw his other work, which again, bravo, uh, Robert Patterson, but also um, Helena um, in Birds of Prey, you know, mm -hmm. is played by a uh, old girl from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, I wasn't finna say her name. It's okay. <laughs> so, She's a gay icon, what can right. I say? that part and also being an actor knowing that you know sometimes we're forcing the roles where this doesn't show our full capacity and yeah i love that he was able to finally show uh, another side of him that i'm sure he was so ready to 100 so. i think uh, unfortunately his only good acting roles outside of twilight obviously have been kind of more indie stuff yeah more so i indie feel films. like this was the first time he really got to like on a mainstream level show what he can do right and i'm and happy for him i really like him as an actor honestly yeah i mean after this one i think he really sold a lot of the things well i'm gonna need for batman to have a haircut next movie i think he will i and, think he will yeah and again i think from what i want to see next film i want to see more catwoman i want to see billionaire playboy philanthropist bruce wayne because i think that's Again, another part that kind of miss that people miss from Batman is the duality of it. And I think going forward, I think that is I think they set it up in this movie for him yeah. to step into that role. I agree. Um, I feel like they laid the groundwork with the scene where he goes to the funeral and Bella Real, the politician. The, yeah, the woman who eventually becomes the mayor, says to him like your parents have a history of philanthropy and you're doing nothing. Right, which is, you know, the ironic line. But right, because it's like he is doing something, but nobody knows he's doing anything. Right, and, it's, and it's, it, it goes back to that thing of like, he's doing all the things, but in the wrong places. Right, and I think 
that line coupled with what we see him come to terms with at the end will probably be the start of him realizing that he needs to do stuff as Bruce Wayne too. Because even though Bruce Wayne is obviously like a party boy and whatever in his alter ego, we usually see Bruce Wayne do like charitable things as well. Exactly. And that's, and that's what I uh, was missing from this one. But again, that's why I was so glad with that scene because I was like, damn, we are setting it up to go right. forward. So, like you said, I, you know, they're laying the groundwork. I'm actually, I've actually never been excited to see a Batman movie, but <laughs> other than you know the old ones, but now I'm excited. I'm actually excited to see what I wonder they bring what the in. plot is going to be. I also want to know like how the fuck is Gotham going to like get rebuilt? Like that's something that I like. To yeah, because that because that shit flood, is water. Like, yeah. That that shit was. How do you but even it, begin to solve that problem? But again, I mean, you know, we've had play, we know places in the U.S. that have been, you know, always submerged. Right, Louisiana is a perfect exactly. example. Exactly. So I'm really excited to see how everything goes with that. But all right, y'all. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you go. I hope you enjoyed this very fun episode. Um, there will be more fun episodes. Led by me because we know who to talk to. Um, Listen. I know. We but love you know you. what? I will say if you guys like this episode, if you like hearing our thoughts and our analysis on this movie, let us know. Maybe we'll make it a thing. Right. We could always have movie analysis. I'm always down to tear shit to shreds and give props. <laughs> I agree. Maybe we'll uh, do like every third episode as a movie review or something if you guys react well to it. A nice, fun episode. <laughs> please react well to it. <laughs> You're like, please, she will keep with serious topics. Serious topics. She's going to make you talk about stuff that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Tati, where can the people find us now? Where can the people find us? All right. Well, uh, you know, we are both on Instagram and Twitter. You want to go ahead and drop your handles for me, Preston? Oh, why, of course. You already know at PTJ underscore 500 on both Insta and the Twitter. And I am... I'm always reversing this by accident, so we'll see if I get it right this time. I'll put it in the bio, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I am Med 16 on Instagram and Med 18 on Twitter. We also have a website. Our website bum, exists. Bum, bum, bum. It was launched. Uh, you can actually find it directly in our podcast page, no? Yes. Okay, cool. So, yeah, you can actually find the link to our website directly on our podcast page. Uh, it is called The Big Man and the Beach. It has some beautiful graphics on it, a little bio for both of us. And every time we post a new episode, it actually, you know, announces it. And you can subscribe to our newsletter and find out about all of our new episodes there. If you want to support us, you can find all the resources to do that there as well. And that's also a place that you can leave feedback or any, like, future episode ideas. Plus, we linked our cash apps on there. So well, just that's what I meant by resources to yeah, support us. Yeah, but I'm putting an emphasis on it <laughs> just in case you really, really liked an episode and would like to buy one of us lunch. Um, we will always thank you guys for watching and listening we Absolutely. love you um also let us know what you guys want to be called uh for the fan base, oh, our fan base? i have no idea yet so <laughs> look it, you know what that's what you guys do go over to the website leave us that's something. a great place to do it exactly yeah. see go ahead over to the website y'all tell us what y'all want to be called okay all righty closing thoughts Tati. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening in with us this week. I'm sorry that I'm such a serious, passionate person. I hope this episode was a bit more entertaining for y'all. Um, but I will be back on my serious bullshit soon. Don't worry. But we will throw some more fun in there. Uh, we actually have another review that we're planning to do, um, coming up. That one will be a surprise for y'all. But of course, we have to wait until my dear friend Preston gets back from vacation. So hopefully this one holds y'all over till then. Uh, look, it's about an hour long. So uh, just keep it on repeat, y'all. And go make sure y'all share, like. Don't listen to the other episodes. Exactly. Make sure that y'all share, like, and always hit us up. We love all you. All right. Love you guys. Goodbye. Mwah. Au revoir.